Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm tired. That, uh, tired. Bell. Bell. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, Bell, how are you doing tonight? As I normally do, but you've answered that by throwing me off by saying that your name is Tired. <laughs> when, of course, your yeah. name is Bell. How's My name going? is Bell. I'm very tired. Yeah. So my apologies in advance. Uh, we had some storms last night here in uh, Central Texas, and my big dog is scared of them, and he weighs like 80 pounds. And so uh, he likes to get really like close to you, and so he's basically like on my face and like s- s- jumping on and off the bed, and being scared, and going to the closet and coming back. And he uh, stepped on a very sensitive area in the middle of the night last night and like laid on my face and... Uh, wouldn't like his breathing was so heavy it was just vibrating the whole bed and so I, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night and I had a full day of work and so i'm here and i'm excited so i apologize in advance if i just like start staring off into space on the video stream or just ramble into nothingness on the podcast <laughs> no it's okay man i mean it sounds like you had a rough one you were abused you're tortured last night <laughs> That is true. Well, you know, so last night was, I think, one of the few episodes this season that I wasn't able to actually watch live. And I'm I'm actually kind of grateful for it. I mean, last, you know, last week, for those that are unaware, uh, if you didn't tune into the podcast last week, suffice to say, I, I, you know, the... The episode did not sit well with me. And it was for a lot of different reasons. We had some good kind of back and forth on the Discord about this as well. Um, But ultimately... You know, I, I kind of feel like that Godfather 3 type of moment, Bell. You know what I mean? Like that just when they think I'm out, they pull me back in. But in a good way. But I you're going to make the reference of like, you know, this is going to make House Party look like House Party 2. Or House Party 3. Or House Party 3, yeah. Yes, yeah. Or, or yes. But anyway, it's, it's suffice, to fail, well, suffice to say, my friend, uh, we're, we're back in business. We've, we've, got a, we've got a great episode, probably one of the best episodes, if not the best episode this season to discuss here. Uh, but first, before we do that, we've got to give a major shout out, a major thank you to our amazing patrons who are making this podcast happen over at patreon.com slash TV talk. Uh, shout out this week to Justin and Donna. Y'all are amazing. Thank y'all so much because we could not do this podcast, especially right now without you. And, uh, you know, we've been trying to up our game a little bit in the midst of all this. This season, as with many seasons when it comes to the technology, has been a learning and growing and going type of process. So uh, even now, I feel like we've reached the highest level of technical know-how on a live show that we've ever had before i think yeah i mean we're we're, we're multi-streaming in two different places we at the same two time different places we are live right now on twitter With sound effects we got sound effects we got the twitch.tv going uh twitch.tv slash the real bow york but of course now we're actually streaming uh, uh simultaneously on twitter uh, through the Periscope app, but you can, if you're just following us on Twitter, you're able to watch us there. Uh, and for those that are tuning in live, thank you and welcome. Uh, be sure to retweet folks out. Let us know. Let them know that we are, we're live right now. We'd love for them to come and join us and talk about a really, really awesome episode. All right, man. Speaking of which, I'm, I'm really ready to dive into this. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's jump into The Rundown. The Rundown. Episode 17 of Season 6. Liberation, directed by Jeff Bird and story by Jonathan Butler and Gabriel Garza. Bell, what happened to this episode? Well, Barry becomes convinced Mirror Iris is not his wife. With a skeptical Cecile, he finds a copy of Camilla's photo of Mirror Iris. However, his equipment is switched by Ava and instead shows Barry as the fake, so he is locked up, though Cecile later frees him. The duplicates of Iris, Camilla, and Singh approach Bloodwork for a drop of his blood in exchange for freeing him. Mirror Camilla sacrifices herself for this, but Bloodwork chooses to remain imprisoned for his own plans, giving Mirror Iris his blood after she admits she wants to live. In the Mirror world, Iris discovers Ava's treachery but is captured. Mirror Iris gives Ava the blood and wounds a weakened Barry. 
Watching the battle, Iris taunts Ava that she still loves Carver, just how Iris and Barry love each other. This sends Ava into a mental downward spiral and thus impairing Mirror Iris. Barry convinces Mirror Iris to be her own person, but Mirror Iris apologizes to Barry and encourages him to seek Iris while Ava shatters her and walks free. Ava sees no point in killing a powerless Flash and reveals she also duplicated Camilla and Singh into parts to kill her husband and liberate the whole world. Barry heals and he and Iris separately promise never to give up on each other, while Iris plans to search the mirror dimension for Camilla and Singh. Meanwhile, Sisko and Ralph find Caitlin still struggling to heal from her battle with Sunshine, with Frost's immune system sending her human half into a severe hypothermic reaction. When that is countered, Caitlin decides to talk to her mother. Dun, dun, dun. All right, so this there's, there's a lot to love about this episode. We got answers, we got explanations, we got some delicious character development. You know, I, I want to start, Bell, I think by actually addressing myself last week because <laughs> I mean, hear me out on this because I mean, like at the, I ended, I ended last episode with that whole pseudo rant, open letter, whatever you want to call it. But one of the critical things I was really trying to put forth is that this show works really well when the characters get to like tackle some, some legitimate emotional issues. The, the, the circumstances can be fantastic, right? They can be completely out of left field. You could be dealing with, you know, alternate dimensions and alternate timelines and, and, you know, super science that doesn't make, you know, OMG science, whatever it may be. But the the fantastic nature of it really doesn't make, make, doesn't matter as long as the characters have some real like emotional hooks to pull you in on. And man, they hooked me hard this episode. Oh yeah. Well, there you go. Maybe, maybe they, uh, they went to the future and heard your rant and then went to the past and rewrote that episode for you. I wouldn't necessarily say that. I think it's just more of it, it proves the concept, right? Like it proves exactly what I'm saying. Consider the ridiculousness. I mean, like all of us take a step back and look at this show, not as fans of the show or franchise, but as somebody coming in fresh. If you had to explain to someone like that, like what's going on this season, they would probably turn off quick and walk the other way. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. There's no explanation. No matter what explanation they give, it's not going to make sense for the whole mirror universe or anything, which has always been the case in comic books. That's just the reality. But what's real here is the emotions that people are dealing with. Barry is going through this struggle where we get the, the kind of that, that finally moment where it's revealed that he knows that his wife isn't his wife. And even that intense scene where they're going to back and forth, like you're not the real one. Oh, you're not the real one. Uh, you know, it was, there was some raw emotion there because there was a lot of like real senses of betrayal and a real sense of failure in the marriage and a real sense of lack of communication. And how did you not know? And, uh, you know, the, anyway, all that to say, we got a lot of beautiful moments, some tense moments, but really led to one of the most beautiful moments in the, the series at the very tail end of the episode. Yeah, it was uh, it was really interesting to see Mirror Iris use Iris's like cunning and her smarts and things like that in order to kind of like turn that whole situation around. Granted, she had help from Ava with the swapping of the uh, equipment, but um, but still, like it was it was really kind of neat. I, I was, that's the one I was kind of wondering. I was like, well, how are they gonna? How is Mirror Iris gonna like get out of this, or is she gonna be trapped? And like like what are they gonna do? But they they flipped it on its head so well. Uh, one thing that I thought might have might have happened there is they shine the light onto like Nash or um, Cecile and see that they also have the glow. Um, when you got that glow, you know, the, <laughs> the last dragon, anybody? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was really cool. Is a mirror Iris was, uh, was phenomenal in this episode. I thought it was, uh, it, it was excellent, excellent job there. Excellent performance. We're going to well. be doing some deep diving into mirror Iris, mostly because like we, we finally have an explanation for something that's been theorized. And I mean, I think we've been, way off at times. And I think we've been spot on at times, you know, even last week when I made the comparison to what's going on right now with Westworld this season. And again, I don't want to spoil what's going on with Westworld this season, but I feel like I am kind of spoiling it because what I'm about to say is I was right. Like what I was saying last week for the few people who, who watch have been watching this season of the flash and Westworld season three at the exact same time, you know what I'm talking about. And I was right. <laughs> Thank you, Westworld. And we figured it and out. And I was wrong. They they didn't do the whole rooftop rain, you know, mirror gun thing to find out which was the right iris. And I was sad about you that. You know, I thought about that though, because to some extent they did a twist on that. Because instead of it was being like Iris and Mirror Iris, it was Iris and Barry. It was Mirror Iris and Barry. 
And so it was like, no, no, you're the fake. No, you're the fake. Like it was, it was that trope, but it was with a twist. Yeah, it was, that was, that was kind of neat. Like I, I didn't see that one coming. And so I, I was very, uh, very pleased by that. Yeah, that was, that was really nice. It was very fresh from that standpoint, but we get the explanation. Of course, the mirror people are essentially, they, they are, uh, they are as much Ava as they are a, uh, a built upon the humans of whom's reflection she's taking there. She's literally taking their reflections with all the knowledge and kind of personality, but then she's using that as a shell for herself. And so kind of creating these new people, if you were, I mean, they refer to Ava as their mother and you could almost kind of see from, if you were kind of looking at it as a biological sense to an extent they're really kind of almost clone children of who Ava is. Yeah. Well, and with that in mind, I mean, they're not, it's not just kind of a one-to-one once they kind of skew off, if you will, they go on their own path and they're impacted by the people that they were. And also they have the opportunity to grow. When, when we see mirror Iris looking at mirror Camilla and mirror Camilla is like, Oh, we, we got this. I'm just going to go in and sacrifice herself. Iris is like, you know what? I've been doing this longer than the rest of y'all. And I'm starting to gain some independence and all this. And I, you know, independence and humanity and not dying that's that something something to that yeah that was that was a really neat twist on there as well as the the whole you know she started out uh, as a uh, automaton basically just this this sort of mirror clone of iris and um you know doing and ava uh, sorry yeah a mirror clone of ava with iris's body right and as she spent more time in the world as she interacted with these people you know she kind of realized that there's more to existing than being this automaton and so yeah and like camilla and singer just dedicated to it to the point of even you know killing themselves for the for the goal and and yeah like you said iris is like nah (laughs) that ain't me (laughs) yeah well and i mean you got to think about we don't quite know when sing was abducted but we could probably presume it was in a similar like more recently than iris like we get the sense that iris is probably one of the first that was abducted to become, you know, to be replaced by a mirror version of herself. And I would imagine that given enough time that, you know, mirror Camilla and mirror Singh would probably also go on a similar path. Like if they have enough time out in the real world, they might, you know, start thinking about like, Hey, what if, what if maybe I don't die for this? You know, like in the moment they're zealous, right? Cause Ava creates a clone of herself essentially to die. There is a real similarity here, bell. There's a very, very, very specific parallel to the mirror versions that Ava's creating and to time remnants. Because what we've seen in the past of time remnants is a lot of times they are created to die. Barry even created a time remnant of himself that died at the end of season two. You know what I mean? Like time remnants to some extent have been used, not always, but have been used to die until one of them doesn't want to die. And that's when things create problems. Me-seeks are supposed to die, Bell. And when a me-seek doesn't die... Existence is pain to a me-seeks. Exactly. So I ask you, Bell, where have we seen a mirror version of a character before that was created for the intent of dying or of being destroyed for the purpose of the creator, of of the prime person that decides, you know what? I don't want to die. I want to exist. Would this be Mr. Ebarton? This would no. This would not be Mr. Ebarton. This would be <laughs> Savitar, man. It's freaking Savitar. Like literally, Iris Mirror Iris goes on the exact same, uh, not exact same, but a very similar journey to what Savitar was. <laughs> I just wanted I'm to serious. throw Ebarton there, just, just, just. To, yeah. I know, I know, and we, you know, what? we're going to be talking about Ebarton later this episode. We got a news flash coming out uh, later on in the episode, and there'll be a lot of Ebarton talk then. But but for now, no, 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 no. I appreciate I appreciate the uh, the troll. But seriously, uh, I got I was I was watching this episode, and especially as it became more clear what was going on with Iris, I or Mirror Iris rather, I really kind of started shipping uh, Savitar Mirror Iris. I hope that they get together in an alternate reality or timeline. I think they would make an amazing couple. Yeah, well, I mean. But that's the thing, though. Savitar, once he if he if he did meet up with Mirror Iris, like that would he wouldn't be Savitar anymore because he would be like, oh, cool, she's back, yay, and maybe he'd be like normal now. It'd have to be an alternate reality. There need to be all kinds of explanation for. I'm just saying, I ship him, Bell. It doesn't make any sense. Although we don't really know what Savitar's situation, like what his deal is after Crisis, but theoretically, he could still a past Savitar pre uh, season three Savitar could exist in the future like on his way to the past because we know that Savitar existed. Like he was bouncing around through the timeline. 
So technically speaking, there's really no reason why we can't see Savitar pop up in the future. Well, he is the future Flash. He is the future Flash. That's true. <laughs> uh, anyway, so one, I just wanted to throw that out there because I really that was very clear to me. Even like the cracks on her face as she started to destroy, you know, be destroyed, uh, really just started. I got some heavy Savitar vibes from her. Um, love that we got this really kind of deep dive into Mirror Iris this episode and that explanation of the the mirror children of Ava, as well as kind of the explanation as to what her plan was. Bloodwork offers up the opportunity to for her to live again, to for her to become fully corporeal and realized in a physical space out in the real world and still maintain her powers. So it, it was cool to see Bloodwork again. It really was. I thought that was that was a really neat little, you know, intra series throwback to itself to the first plot line of this of this season. Yeah, it was really neat, but how? Why? Now, see, I knew you were going to OMG science this. Look, there's well, I, I there's didn't, moments. I, I didn't even pick up the reasoning from the episode that the episode gave. It's like, why did she need Bloodwork's blood? Like, how did it? It's Bloodwork. He's got blood stuff, which is <laughs> biological, <laughs> Bell, and she needs a biological body. Okay, does and she? The blood, uh, when mixed with things, becomes things. And actually. It's interesting because the whole blood children, if you think about like Bloodworks whole deal at the beginning of the season, he was trying to like take over everybody and they were all kind of his blood children and now our blood brothers, I suppose it was. And now you have Ava, she's making reflections and now she's got her like mirror children. There's a big like hive mind, you know, uh, element that both villains kind of bring to the series, right? They're both trying to liberate humanity. Bloodwork wanted to liberate humanity from death, right? Like he's trying to uh, uh, create a scenario where no one ever dies. We don't quite know exactly what Ava believes she's liberating people from. Uh, however, the parallels between the two are very interesting. Yeah, it's um, with with the you know the blood work zombies and the Ava clones. I guess like the biggest difference between them being one is truly an automaton under the control of blood work. And the other is not. Now, this, 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 just thinking about that actually brings up an interesting quite, or idea in my head is that what if now with Bloodworks blood in her corporeal form, those, if she makes new, um, mere clones of people, they will be, uh, perfect automatons as opposed to having some tiny bit of free will. That'd be interesting. I'd be curious to, I mean, like there, there may be something there. I, I don't, I did not get the sense. First of all, I mean, it was a great, like you mentioned, I mean, what a great throwback to the first half of the season and bringing blood work back. Uh, I was hoping that he might come back later on this season, but, you know, I didn't quite know where it was all going to go. You know, he mentions the long game here. Uh, I've, I've got to believe that that's probably a, um, you know, like a, like I'll be back type situation. I don't know that the long game is going to be this season. Yeah. Uh, it's, or it's- the, it's like a, a time is but a window, death is but a doorway, I shall return, you know, Vigo, the Carpathian sort of vibe. Exactly. And I love how like crazy evil he is. You know what I mean? Like just sadistic and and creepy and just kind of emits that extreme like threat. He, he pops out of the, the deal. He starts kind of doing his bloods up his face and he starts, you know, uh, grabbing people. And, you know, he's an immediate uh, threat as soon as he's released, which is what you want from a meta villain, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're... Yes and no. I mean, it's one thing just to remind us of of how dangerous he is, but the what's the term I'm looking for? The sort of like cool, calm, almost uh, hello, Clarice. Yeah, like passive display of power, right? Sure. Well, I mean, that was Eobard, but I mean, even Eobard when he was like, as soon as the locks came off, he was like gone. He was out killing people immediately. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it, it how they act in the cage typically can be very different. But what I'm saying is that there's something about having, especially like a, you know, a big, bad top tier type uh, meta villain that, you know, that the moment that they are out of the cage, you're, you're as good as dead. You know what I mean? Like that kind of, like they could play it cool or they could play it crazy. But as soon as the, the, you know, the bars go down, it's over. Yeah. And, and I wonder if there's uh, if there's any, I was kind of surprised to see blood work not attempt to zombify the 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 mirror clones i thought so too yeah yeah but i i think what he because he noticed there's something off about them there's something different and the reason why you know he didn't kill both of them is iris is like i want to live and he's all about saving people from death and so Mm -hmm. he was like oh i'm sympathetic to that which i thought was kind of neat but uh yeah like what would happen if he tried to 
zombify a mirror clone. It'd be interesting. I think probably, I don't know. I don't know. There might not be something for him when it's all said and done. He does make mention of the fact that they're almost human. So there is something about them that is close enough to being human that certainly warrants them, you know, being willing and able to have an existence. But at the same time, as we saw with Camilla, they are also, to some extent, light constructs. Um, when she evaporated, you don't get the sense that that's what a normal human, like, I feel like, you know, there'd be kind of blood and guts to some extent if a normal human walked into that shield. Uh, whereas with her, it was almost like light heating up and like bending in on itself. Yeah. And Iris shattered. Right. And like, w- what was interesting about, about that scene is that it looked like it was hollow. Like she just had an exterior surface of mirror that sort of reflected this Iris persona. And then inside of that, there was, there was nothing. And so I feel like that's kind of what, you know. Uh, Mira Camilla when she exploded that was just like the glass surface incinerating or something like that man Mira Iris what a great character I mean like honestly the moment that she stepped on this season and up until her death like what a what a what a fantastic character that offered a lot of unique opportunities to uh, for all of us to kind of keep us on our toes wondering what was going on when it was all said and done though you know I was kind of pulling for it. like I said I saw the parallels I was like you know what Savitar Iris Mirrorisatar, Yeah, but they need mirror in there somewhere, right? Mirrorisatar. Anyway, I started shipping them as as immediately as soon as I started kind of like putting that together. But I'll tell you where she lost me, at least for a minute until the very end, was when she started shishkebobbing our boy. Dude, that was that was a really, really, really awesome scene. That was brutal. That was probably one of the most brutal battles I think we've gotten on the Flash. Well, and and one of my favorite pieces of that battle is it wasn't just like a, you know, straight up, I'm Terminator 1000 slicing you with my metal arms. It was really neat. They, they set up previously that they had all the mirrors in there and uh, her sticking the, the, you know, her arms in the, in the mirror and then popping out and stabbing Barry. But the coolest part about all of that was the mirror overhead. Yes. And like when Ava broke that, I thought that was just going to be a thing where it was like, okay the glass is going to come down and cut him. And then you see Iris sticking her hands and then the shards as they're coming down. That was, that was cool. That was super cool. Fantastically. I was the same way, man. I was sitting there thinking like, Oh, he's going to get sliced up by that glass. And you see him reacting. And if, I, I didn't catch it at first. Cause at first I just saw him, you know, you know, wincing and everything. And I was like, it's like, you know, the, is the CGI just not quite finished on this episode? You know, is it stay at home? You can't, you can't see. And then I realized what was going on. I was like, Oh, Oh, she is like straight up just cutting and stabbing him all over the place. Yeah. That, I mean, it, it was brutal. Cool. Yeah. Like in, in the kidneys, it looked like. Oof. And the, the thing is, I mean, if you look at kind of the evolution of Barry's mindset throughout this episode, right? Like immediately he's like, like body snatcher stole my wife, right? Like Martian, uh, uh, shape-shifting Martians have come down and they've stolen my wife. And he is looking at her with like this, this conflicted look because it's like, I don't know who you are, but you stole my wife. And you can immediately see just this, uh, this intense like frustration, anger, fear, like uh, almost hatred in the way that he's responding to her because of, <laughs> you almost get that like the reason that he's responding that way with the vitriol that he's espousing is not just because he hates what she's doing, but he hates that he can't hate her in the way that he wants to because she is wearing the face of his wife. You know what I mean? Right, right. And, and also the fact that she might be the only clue as to where real Iris is. Exactly. And so, like, there's a lot going on there. Well, I mean, like, I'm telling you, man, you give Candace and Grant some good stuff. These two right here, man, they can... Mm, they can chew up some stuff. It's uh, brilliant. Brilliantly done. I, I saw a, a tweet that was quote tweeted by Candace Patton where uh, someone had said, y'all better be giving Candace the Emmy uh, for, for this episode because, you know, she got me looking at my girlfriend over here going, is she, is she really? Who I think she is? <laughs> right. 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 Exactly. Exactly. But if you look at like that from the beginning, right? First, he's frantic. He went full on season one, Barry, with like the charts and the you know, conspiracy theories and everything on, on Bob. And the great thing is if you're listening to him, everything he's saying makes sense. It sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Except to us, right? Like as, as fans of the show, we're like, no, no, this, this tracks. Yeah. This tracks. Yeah. It's like, no, it's not like crazy Charlie with like, you know, the, <laughs> the crazy Charlie meme. You're like, okay, it, maybe I'm a little crazy too. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> but no, no, all no. of this makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no pay attention. Like it, it's, it's done in a way. And again, fantastically, fantastic performance. Like it's done. He presents it in such a way that the common audience member would be like, 
okay, he's like, he's crazy, right? Like if you're tuning into the flash for the first time or perhaps the first time in a couple of years, you're sitting here thinking like he's going crazy. But if you've been paying attention and you've been watching the show, it's like, no, yeah, this is legit. Yeah. No, the, the math is all there and he just explained it as plain as it's going to be explained. This is all very illogical way of thinking. And on top of that, he was right. So there you go. And by the way, Bell, pancakes. <laughs> it was all right? about like that the was, pancakes. Yeah, like it should have been the first thing. Like the, the, the moment he got those good pancakes, it had been like, all right, you know, like just runs her all the way to the right. <laughs> to the pipeline, throws her in there, be like, you're not Iris. I thought about doing, you know how I, I would do the whole trying to track Eobard's uh, timeline with the videos and everything? I thought about doing a whiteboard video where it's just like I was going to recreate that and it was going to be a couple of different things and then you get to a big word that's just pancakes circled over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like pancakes is the big one then all the little lines, little smaller circles right. or all the other, yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's trying to kill me, trying to waste my speed. Pancakes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so, uh, so yes, I will say this. If I have any kind of critique for this storyline because it was... I mean, like, stuck the landing perfectly, beautifully. But man, I do wish that we could have gotten... It was... In that scene, Barry communicates to us as an audience that he's been suspecting things since the beginning. We have not seen that. You know what I mean? Like, there has been no indication from his point, like, throughout... No, I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I, do, I don't believe that we've seen any indication. We've seen that they've been a little off, but we haven't seen anything to give us the, the idea that this is something that's been a concern to Barry. And I don't doubt the logic. I think the logic is there. And I don't know if this, you know, might be the way they're kind of reframing some things because of the way that the, the final episodes are going to go. So, I mean, that, that that's going to be kind of a, a wrinkle that'll play into the next several episodes, I'm sure. But I will say, I, I don't think that's the case. I think, I, I don't know the reason, but I wish we could have seen a, a, a just even a little bit of this from Barry throughout the last several episodes, because I feel like the payoff would have been even better. Well, the, the only thing we really got was Joe, uh, was Barry going to Joe and, and saying, hey, there's something up with that. And Wally. Yeah, Joe and Wally, right? Not, that was about it. And then we had, you know, Grant Gustin face for every other time that there was something weird that happened where it's just be like, you know. Right. You know? <laughs> and, and that was it. Wally and Joe were great. I think that made sense. But like the fact that he just appeared to drop it, except for like just looking really confused every time something weird would happen with Iris. Yeah, I think you're right. The payoff would have been better had there been a little bit more build up for that. It was still a great scene. It was still a great scene. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's nice because we get a chance to, um, uh, you know, the way that we're introduced to that that scene in particular is Cecile coming in and trying to get in her own house. And Barry's got all the files all over the place like a madman. And, um, you know, I was thinking about it. If you think about Cecile's relationship with Iris and Barry, and it's, it's it's wonderful, right? Because on the one hand, Cecile is she's she's had the opportunity over the last couple of seasons to really step into that kind of matriarchal role, right? Like you think about like what Joe was for the series early on, and being kind of that you know that that father figure, uh, that 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 source of guidance and and um, security. And kind of that tent pole for the family, right? And over the last couple of seasons, for various reasons, Joe hasn't been uh, involved as much, or at least hasn't been been able to be on screen as much. And so Cecile's really been able to to carry that weight extremely well. And with Iris and Barry, in many respects, man, like she offers up a very common ground relationship with both of them because she's their mother. She's their stepmother in law. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like there's no, there's no biological relation. And even beyond that, like she came into the family. It's not like, it's not like with, with Barry, Barry was adopted when he was, you know, older. Right. So he kind of came into the family late, but like Cecile comes into the family. Everybody's already family. These are both her kids. These are both her kids e equally from that standpoint. So like, you know, with, with, I was about to say Jesse, but with Joe, he like, obviously if, if ever in a situation between Barry and Iris, he's going to choose Iris every single time. I mean, he's going to choose Iris every single time. I mean, that, that's never been the situation, but if it ever was a situation where this was the situation, essentially this episode, you know, he's going to side with, he's going to side with his baby girl, unless he knows that something's up. Well, and he, and he kind of did when he kind of shrugged off Barry. He kind of did. He, that's exactly right. 
But with Cecile, Cecile has very much kind of like both these kids are kind of on equal equal playing ground here because they're you know what I mean? Like to her, they're 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 her son and her daughter or in law step. What yeah, whatever the yeah. right phraseology is there. But you <laughs> you get what I'm saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. And I mean, like, she's got such a strong relationship with both of them. Um, man, and I think about even last season, like the relationship that Cecile actually had with XS being her granddaughter and just uh anyway, beautiful, beautiful stuff. But um the fact that she was able to kind of look at this objectively and ultimately side with Barry, we don't quite know fully why. Like she was doing the whole, you know, Aquaman thing. And you got maybe an indication that that might that may have guided her to some extent, but I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Well, so that was well, my interpretation of that was that um, so you know, Cecile or, or I, Mira Iris asked Cecile what she wants, right? Uh, and Cecile looks into her mind, and she's like, "I don't know." Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was kind of well. No, she she gave her didn't. I mean, because like that was the thing. It was almost like Iris was doing a litmus test. Like, am I human? Can you please confirm to me whether or not I'm real? Yeah, Mirror Iris. But didn't but didn't didn't she say? Didn't Mirror Iris say? Or, or didn't Cecile say about Mirror Iris that she didn't know what she wanted? She wasn't she wasn't sure. She wasn't sure what she wanted. I, I think it was more of like. Um, gosh, man, you're, uh, or did she say, I can't tell she was asking how she felt like, can't you tell how I feel? And she said like sad, frustrated, like she was reading her. So she was like pulling out emotions. Although at the moment as a viewing audience, it was kind of hard to tell whether or not, you know, Cecile might've been covering because she wasn't actually picking up anything, but I think that she was. Yeah. And, and maybe that was just because Mira Iris is starting to, you know, become a real boy. <laughs> well, and I mean, like, think about it from, if I can make a Marvel reference here, if you think about an age of Ultron, where vision uh gets i don't i can't remember exactly what moment it was but it was either once the mind stone was kind of infused with his body or when thor you know basically shot him with lightning at some point all of a sudden wanda is able to start reading his mind because now he has a mind that she can read like he's not just a machine anymore he's now a person that was when they when they gave him the uh the uh vibranium brain in the little machine or whatever yeah it was like, while he was inside the coffin she started like for the like the, she started to to feel him mentally and she and she wouldn't be able to do that with a computer if he was an elevator it wouldn't count well hold on so so at that point uh she she read ultron was uploading his mind and so she read ultron's mind through vision because vision had a a human brain or whatever mm, something like that but anyway the point is that like at some point there was kind of this like it was a validating nature to vision, not just being a can opener. And to some extent, I feel like Cecile being able to read Iris, it's a validation to mirror Iris that she is in fact human as well. Um, so anyway, fantastic stuff there. Um, we did get a confirmation course that Singh and, uh, uh, and um, Camilla are in fact alive somewhere in perhaps another room or in a closet. So Iris is going to have to go find him in that closet and, uh, and pull them on out. Uh, of course we did mention the blood work lives. I, uh, Caitlin, Caitlin, uh, Caitlin got sick, man. She, Caitlin got a cold. Killer Frost got a cold. Caitlin got the Rona. I don't know what the uh, right phraseology is here, but, um, she's, she's sick. And th- this was more of, uh, more than just, uh, and also in this episode, Caitlin Snow, you know, th- this was actually right. Exactly. Three, three minutes, three minutes of screen time as opposed to like 30 seconds. So that's, that was nice. Well, and it's plot. Like that's the thing. There's actually a plot here. So although I, I even, I was about to start writing down. I was like, seriously, this is our this is our story for Caitlin is she just had a cold and we're going to like, all right, Caitlin are also in this episode. And I was like, no, but this actually is this, there's, there's stuff happening. Yeah. Well, well, Caitlin's whole job this, this season has been, or I guess snow's whole job this season has been to get shot by light weapons and recover from them because <laughs> that's, that's, she got shot with a light bullet from, from Dr. Light. And then she got hit with the sunshine blast she got from sunshine by the light. Yeah, and then she went into a hypothermia coma. Right, like you do. And then, and then you know, Ralph electrocuted her with some weird science backpack <laughs> that Cisco brought. Yeah, and now she's better. And she's gonna go see her mom because I feel like a lot of times when we need a Caitlin story, like what are her parents up to? Let's just let's just go into the mommy issues and. Well, where is this going? Like, what? Do, I don't. Eh. It's it's very manufactured drama, and that's. But I mean, like, it's fine. It's fine. You know what? It's fine. 
for a moment, I thought they're going to try to tie the storylines together by uh, having the last because they mentioned the last piece that they need is the most dangerous. But they were referring to blood work, and I thought it might be some piece of technology that Caitlin's mom was working on, and so we can tie this, you know, come whole full circle with, you know, uh, Caitlin, Caitlin's mom, and that being the last piece, and then there being, you know, a, 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 a aggregation of these storylines, but. That was not the case at all. So I have no idea where this is going. I don't. I don't. I don't understand it. But um, sure, at least we'll get more Caitlyn and more snow. So that'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, I've never been a big fan of the snowpack. Like the whole like Caitlyn's family thing, I find is like one of the least interesting things on the show. Um, but who knows? Maybe something cool would come out of it. It was interesting that there was literally no other reference to that at all. Like that was that was a cliffhanger. Like fifteen minutes into the episode, that we never really revisited. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm gonna go talk to my mom. Okay, I thought, I thought you, I thought she healed stuff with her mom when her dad tried to kill her and her mom. Yeah, it was pre-crisis. Know. Every, you know, it's all up for grabs. They might have a great relationship now. Her mom's out running a ski resort, and Icicle Senior is chilling out. And maybe she has a brother. Maybe post-crisis she has a brother. Man, maybe we're gonna get Icicle Junior and all this. Maybe could be. We have no earthly idea, but we'll find out. But yes, so Caitlin, Caitlin, uh, also in this episode. Ralph, uh, you mentioned also in this episode. And uh, Cisco also in this episode. The beginning of the episode is interesting because we do get a chance to see the mad scientist project of a alternative speed force, a fake speed force, a artificial speed force being created. And I do really appreciate the fact that Ralph is pointing out, hey, we're following Eobard's instructions, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's probably not a great idea. He's the only one in the room who kind of like, you know, mentions that when you figure everyone else should be like, maybe this isn't a good idea, but. I, don't know, I guess they kind of already gone down that road and Ralph's just letting them know again that this is a bad idea. <laughs> they really turned Ralph into that guy. I've been digging Ralph. I like this Ralph. Yeah, I told you. No, yeah, eventually. New season, new Ralph. Yeah, no, you're right. That's been the case. And it's it's great. I think it's great. Uh, well, there you go. Yes. So uh, Ralph, Cisco, Caitlin also in this episode and Caitlin's mom also going to be in a future episode. Uh, okay. This was a really, really fun episode. We did get a lot more uh, explanation. A lot of questions were answered, but still one question remains. And that's going to bring us to this week's Speedster Speculation. All right. The end game, Bell, the end game. We know that Ava wants to liberate everybody. We also know that she's not willing to just like go around like slicing dudes up, even though she kind of was at the beginning of the episode. Once she got free, once she got what she wanted, She's not into the bloodshed. She wasn't trying to just kill Barry for the sake of killing Barry. She wants to liberate people. Well, she's all, like she, she's so neurotic. It's so crazy because she's like, I'm sorry. Um, I'm not going to kill you. She, she goes like in and out of lucidity from like this timid, meek person to like this kind of heartless, maniacal person. And it's yeah, she's been she's been in isolation for a long time. Yeah, I, th- I think she's doing a great job. Let me let me preface it by saying, like, I think uh, the actress who's playing her is, is doing a wonderful job in, like, conveying that sort of neurotic. I- oh, no. Yeah, yeah. It's intentional. It's certainly intentional. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But she's been in isolation a long time. So, I mean, like, you get like, there's a reason why she's acting so all over the place. But why? Like, we know that she's obviously not over her husband, but she like because she wants to hate she, she something him. Right. She somethings him. She wants to club him. Which is a combination of kill and love. <laughs> <laughs> I want to flirter you. I want to. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Yes. So there, there's she's got issues, but she wants to liberate people. So that's really my question is like, if you think about like who she is and what she's been and how she's used people and imprisoned people, literally that has been her gig. She's been imprisoning people and creating versions of them that she can control herself. That's the person that wants to quote unquote liberate the world from what exactly? Yeah, this is this is the real confusion point for me because I don't know. Is is this kind of like a blood work thing where he's going to liberate everyone from death by making them immortal zombies, and she's going to liberate everyone from free will by making them all mirror replicants? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really see where she's going. That what, like, who or what is she liberating them from? Is there some kind of black hole technology that's gonna that's gonna do some bad stuff? Like, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't. There hasn't really been any kind of idea as to what her master plan is except for escape and to get revenge for her husband um or or protect her husband you know it's it's been kind of nebulous there as to what her 
deal is with her husband. So I, I do not know. And I don't really have any idea of, of, <laughs> of where she's going with this. And so it's, it's difficult to speculate on because there's not a lot to go off of. We don't really have a lot of uh, just random things out there. Well, that, okay. That, but, but let's think about that. We, we do have some clues, right? Like we know, we know her husband is a supervillain. He may not have superpowers himself, but he's, I mean, he's a, he's a mob boss, Right, he's they we're we're getting the idea that he's supposed to be kind of the bosses of bosses, so to speak, right? Like all crime uh to some extent goes through him. Whatever you think he's done, Bell, it's way worse than that. It's a million times worse than worse than that. Um So a million murders? <laughs> exactly. So so there's that. We also know that Black Hole almost exclusively, at least internally, deals with light based villains and they've got a whole thing at McCullough Technologies about reflective technology right so that bell means something <laughs> i mean could it could it be that could it be that maybe she um is referring to like getting rid of her husband would liberate people in the fact that he's like this giant crime boss and so people wouldn't be under his yoke anymore. They, they, they would be free to, you know, do their own crimes or like not be crimed against. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. Like it could be, it also, there could be an element of like extreme surveillance. I mean, you think about the way that Ava was like just dropping in on everybody's everything, watching them through super mirrors and apparently still is able to do that. Could it be something to the extent of like, you know, when you, when you give up your life, you're, you, it's liberated, right? Like we're going to liberate your data, your, your, your life. It's going to be on display. Perhaps I there's something it. there. Yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it. And it ties into Ralph uh, and Sue's storyline. Ooh, okay. The blackmail aspect, right? Um, so mm. maybe, maybe what it is, is there, uh, the reason why he's so powerful is because he also has this blackmail information on all these people. Uh, he gets this blackmail information via this, you know, surveillance thing that you were mentioning. And so what she's going to try to do is, um, either destroy this surveillancing equipment and get rid of all this blackmail so that these people don't have to continue to pay him and they can, you know, do whatever they want to him or whatever. Um, that, that is the only thing that really makes sense to me right now. Is that it has something to do with Stu, Stu with Sue's storyline? Um, that Sue is is somehow connected to this because she's been trying to dig up information on Black Hole to free her her parents' name to clear their name, right? And so I feel like this is connected to that. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, I feel like the the liberate part she means free them from the blackmail or whatever control that. Um, yeah, that's it. That I mean, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. That makes a ton of sense. So perhaps it's like in a similar way that she has to some extent been under his thumb in some form or fashion. She wants to now do that with everybody. But her using the term the world as opposed to people like I don't know what he has on everybody like that. That seems kind of strange and out of place still. But uh, that's that's the most that I can get is that this something somehow has something to do with some massive blackmail ring or uh, otherwise criminal stuff. With I, black you know, what? I, I that's a yeah. No, I see that. That makes a ton of sense. I was going to go with like a cosmic light based type situation. But honestly, what you just said makes way more sense than anything that I was going to have. And it does tie nicely to. I mean, yeah. It, yeah, it ties it all together. Maybe Caitlin's mom will also have a thing. I mean, maybe, yeah, obviously they're setting that up for something. They can't have these separate threads. And I mean, I, I don't know. They've done it before where they have different plot lines that don't really tie into one another. Yeah. And I mean, th to some extent, that's fine. It's just more of like, the, you know, what do you, what you choose to give screen time to? I, you know, I, I don't mind there being side quests. I'm, I'm cool with side quests. I, I just prefer for them to be kind of interesting side quests. But I mean, I mean, it could tie in. It could tie in. I mean, like, as you pointed out, Caitlin has been soaking up light and and going toe to toe with all these light based villains, she's probably going to need some sort of like power boost to go up against whatever the big shebang at the end is going to be. And we do know, based off of kind of some publicity interviews and even explanation as to what's coming down the line with the way they're having to restructure the season, there is going to be, which I I believe the showrunner has even said is like the biggest uh, battle they've ever shot 
on this on this show. So, you know, we I, I'm anticipating a giant throwdown between a ton of light based villains, and if that's the case, Caitlin's going to need to be at full power. So, maybe maybe the side quest she's going to go on is to make another Marvel reference, very similar to what Thor went on in Infinity War, where he's like, all right, I need to go get a hammer. That seems like a side quest, but ultimately the movie is really about him getting that hammer so that he can kill Thanos, right? Like we need the big powerful weapons so we can get rid of the big bad. Um, and so from that standpoint, maybe that's what we're, we're about to see her go down. But the thing is, man, the end game has completely changed, or at least it is in the process of changing because of the world that we live in. Um, and that's going to bring us to this week's... Man, we've had some more newsflash this year. I think it's the first time we've really had newsflash on a somewhat regular basis since the... Uh, since season zero, to be honest. Um, but of course, as everyone is well aware, we uh, we here in 2020, in April 2020, are still dealing with the real world crisis of uh, the coronavirus and the way that that is impacting things uh, from every single industry. And of course, television has been no exception. Uh, now, we I think many of us are well aware that that has impacted uh, many series and their their shooting schedules. This is the case as well for the team at The Flash. And Eric Wallace, while speaking to comic book resources, has been able to kind of confirm up some things in terms of what the schedule is going to look like. Uh, so according to him, he said our season uh, final finale obviously has changed because we didn't finish filming the last three episodes of the season. They were originally scheduled for 22 shows, and so suddenly now they have 19 uh, so the de facto season finale is now uh, season finale is going to be episode 19, which of course airs on May 12th and is titled "Success Is Assured." Now he goes on in the interview uh, again. This is at CBR.com to discuss that the Eobard storyline that was essentially being set up in the uh, exorcism of Harrison Nash is, for all intents and purposes, being dropped for the remainder of the season until the beginning of next season. Um, in this interview, I mean, there's some spoilery type stuff, but he does, and I won't go too heavy into it, but he does reference a big battle that we're going to be able to see here in episode 19, uh, that we're going to see some familiar faces over these last couple of episodes, and also that um, there will be a tee-up, if you will, for what's going on with Eobard. Uh, he doesn't say it explicitly in this interview, but the way I interpret it is that we'll probably leave things with kind of a traditional flash cookie at the very tail end of the episode that will actually be a setup for whatever's going to happen with Eobard. So um, anyway, that's, that's uh, we, we now know uh, for, for sure at this point, a success is assured on May 19th will officially be the season finale of season six, uh, putting this season at a 19 episode season instead of the originally slated 22 episodes. And that while some things have, are having to be dropped this season, they will continue over into next season. So, there you have it, Bell. We're gonna get uh, we're we're gonna find out some things fairly quickly here, and we're gonna end up wrapping up and closing up shop a lot earlier this year. Sounds like it. But I mean, you know, at least we're getting uh, these the, the these last you know episodes of this season. I, I I hope they're able to tie everything together, um, and and make it you know a, a fulfilling, good feeling season. Uh, if it's not, it's it's still nothing that I'm going to hold against them uh, because of the circumstances outside their control. So like. You know, even even if it's mediocre or even if it's bad, like, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, OK, well, given the time and everything else uh, and, and not a quarantine, perhaps everything would have been fine. But uh, I, I trust them to do a good job. So far, they're on they're on a they're on a pretty decent path. And so, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, through the magic of editing, I think it'll I think it'll be great. And, you know, we don't want we don't want episodes shot over Zoom. You know, I can't, I can't handle any more of that. Me personally. <laughs> so no, no more, no more, no more zoom episodes. I think, I think we'll be good. I think we'll be good. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited to see what they do and, um, hopefully we'll have some fun content for you guys too, from a podcast standpoint, uh, over the break as well. But who knows, man, maybe in the end, you know, sometimes adversity yields the best art. And when it comes down to it, I think probably we'll end up maybe seeing a tighter uh, season finale than we would have. But we also may see things being a little weird over the next final episode. So I, for one, despite everything I said last week, I'm going to be giving them a pretty healthy slice of grace. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. And watch them stick the landing like a champ. After this episode, I'm sorry, but my expectations are back through the roof. <laughs> I love the <this> show. <laughs> it's an emotional roller coaster in so many ways, this show. And, and no, <laughs> this week. Yeah. And, and, and three episodes is honestly not 
that much considering uh, that's three hours that's a movie right there well well I mean, sure that's, but that's like it's, it's, a, it's a 20 it's a 22 episode show so like you know we've had three filler episodes maybe 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 one of those is supposed to be some kind of filler to like you know push out the uh, uh pad the season or whatever uh you know who knows but like i i feel like hopefully they have enough to do a really good job of everything and and i'm not too concerned with missing those three episodes although the eobard stuff kind of makes me sad but you know what are you gonna do uh like i said i, I think it'll probably be better for it hey this is patrick sabongi and you're listening to flash tv talk <gasps> that's the sound of the police in my hood <laughs> all right man we got some great listener feedback in this week uh, the first one is coming in from, uh, man, somebody, this is, this is so weird. Jacob Young. I don't, I don't know who this is. <laughs> I don't know who Jacob Young, uh, Jacob you, Young. He might be related to Jason. Yeah. I was about to say, do you mean Jason Young? No, I don't know. I, 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 I this says Jacob, but it's quite confusing. All right, go ahead. Let, let's see. Uh, here, here's what, um, uh, parent, you know, uh, quotations, Jacob Young says, says, uh, LOL, me and my wife listened to the podcast together and you guys called me Jason instead of Jacob like 15 times, which is not a big deal, except now she's been calling me Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely lightened up our quarantine. Great podcast, by the way. I know the world has been gone downhill a bit lately and you guys haven't been able to make as many new episodes. I've been listening to the old ones, uh, reminding me of episodes I forgot and really just enjoyed the back and forth between you two. I'm laid off right now, uh, like most people, and I'm really nice to have the escape. So thank you for all the great content over the years. And again, this is from someone named Jacob uh, Young. And so uh, uh, you're welcome, J- Jason. I mean, uh, Jacob, yeah. aka <laughs> Jason Young. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I uh, man, no, man, this is uh, this is huge. And so thank you so much. I, I, my apologies so much, Jacob, for that, uh, Jason, for that. Uh, <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, it's, I, I will say it's part of my personal brand to mess up everybody's names. Uh, cause as I'm sure I've referenced on the show before, I am dyslexic. And so that bell has no excuse, but I, I am dyslexic. So I, I mean, I don't, but like, you know, yeah, you, you'll, you'll hear in the live show. Um, it's probably edited out in the other one, but, uh, when there's a director or a writer <laughs> or something like that and Bo's like, uh, and then I have to pronounce the name usually, but I, I, I'm curious. I'll have to go back and listen to see uh, where we messed that up. I wonder if that time. was from a, if it was from a chat, uh, or if it was from an email or something like that. Well, uh, but again, <laughs> apologies, but I'm going to blame it on Bo. Yeah. No. And again, uh, much apologies, Jacob, Jason, Jake, <laughs> JJ? JJ Young? It's Jacob. Okay. Jacob Young. <laughs> no, it's Jason. Stop it. It's Jason. Jason. No, it said we called him Jason instead of Jacob. You guys called me Jason instead of Jacob. Ah, okay, so it is Jacob. Yes. All right. Sorry, Jason. Right? I okay, don't... here we go. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> How about we call you Steve? <laughs> <laughs> I just love the fact that his wife is now calling him based on our mess up. Like, are you- <laughs> she might not be your wife, man. Did you watch this episode of The Flash? <laughs> She might you got be, mirror wife. You, you might got mirror wife. Mirror wife. You got to watch out for that. Uh, Better get right. one of those polar filters or whatever it is <laughs> <laughs> on your camera. Okay, man. Next one's coming in from Will. What did Will have to say? When utilizing source material created 75 years ago, changes have to be made. Uh, that often leads to a battle between purists that want characters to be exactly like they are in the comics and others that know an all-white uh, show featuring men having adventures while the girlfriend acts as a damsel in distress isn't going to work in 2020. But purists are not absolutists. They will overlook Iron Man's human butler being depicted as an AI, but freak out uh, that Iris West pigmentation is a few shades darker. I'm a purist, but not in the way many expect. I I love Candace's Iris. She maintains the essence of the comic character. I don't accept Natalie Dreyfus as Sue Dearborn. Sue is supposed to be the most beloved and sweetest person in the DCU. Instead, we get a droll borderline anti-hero. Last episodes, the writer as the writers attempted to show us, quote, she's not so bad doing this for her parents. Um, Ralph is a decent fellow now, and Sue is definitely the woman for him because they simultaneously say gross when asked if they are married. Uh, Sue in name only is the opposite of sweet. The future Sue did me deserves to be better than depicted as a Catwoman wannabe. Yowza. Okay, well, um, so, you know, th- some good points in this. I-, I do want to say, I mean, I think that the, uh, you know, the the willingness to accept uh, a, uh, you know, an AI Jarvis, but we got a problem as Candace's Iris or something of that name. Like, what a, what a great, 
parallel there, you know, just to the hypocrisy that can sometimes exist in the fandom. I, I hear what you're saying to an extent with, with Sue. Um, I get that she's not who a lot of fans were looking for, but I mean, a couple of things with this and, and some of this, I meant to actually mention this in the news flash, but uh, Grant was actually on, I'd, I'd encourage you to check it out. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum who portrayed Lex Luthor and actually Wally West on the justice league unlimited series, but he was Lex Luthor on Smallville has a podcast called inside of you. And uh, most recently he had Grant on and it was a decent interview. Um, which really, I don't know, for me, makes me realize just how genuine of a person Grant is and how, well, I'm not going to critique Michael Rosenbaum. This is not the, this is not, we don't critique other podcasts here. Uh, we go out of our way to not do that. But let me, let me tell you, um, the interview was great uh, in the discussion they had. And one of the things Grant really pointed out, because Michael asked him specifically about, you know, if you had to, uh, you know, kind of take a look at Barry Allen and Wally West. How would you say these two, two characters are different? And Grant said, well, you know, we always, from the get go, we got a lot of comparisons to Wally West in the way that, that his Barry Allen is because his Barry Allen is not very much like the Barry Allen of the comics. There are some aspects of the character that reign true, um, being a very hopeful character, being someone who can, you know, be very genuine and rally around, you know, that you would want to kind of rally around being late to things, that sort of thing. Um, so there are elements of, of the, the source material that are embodied in Grant's portrayal of Barry Allen, but at the same time, they have often done their own thing with almost every single one of these characters, sometimes to a very extreme degree going in a very different direction. Jay Garrick, their, their introduction of, of the concept of Jay Garrick, very different from, from the comic books. Sue, there was a lot of hype with the idea of Sue coming on the show, We've talked about this before, but given given the comic book character, I do think that there's an interesting approach to doing a complete pendulum swing of a bait and switch of this is who you thought the character was, or this is rather who the character was in the comics. We're going to go in the exact opposite direction. Like this character uh, had such a tragic exit that we are going to kind of throw that on the opposite side of the field and make it, you know, so far from what it was that it, it, it kind of creates a potentially a parallel. I've used that word like 30 times this episode. And so I understand that that concept. And I also understand that in the DC TV universe that we've had, they have often used known existing comic book characters to facilitate the role of other known existing comic book characters. People hate when we were calling Barry and, and Oliver world's finest, but for the longest time, they were essentially, and I apologize because I'm going to say this again, and this upsets people when I say it, but they were essentially the Batman and Superman of this universe. Like they, they embodied that dynamic duo, if you will, that, um, that world's finest nature to what those characters are, are traditionally in the comics. Um, and so in many respects, Sue, and, and gosh, I mean, think about uh, Oliver Queen over on Arrow really was they were like diving hard into the Batman comparisons, especially as they got into the League of Assassins. So all that to say, the idea of taking a Sue Dibney and putting her into a Catwoman role, I mean that's why I like to call her Sue Lena Kyle, right? Like that's it's clear that this this is not it's Sue Dibney, but I mean there she is this world's Catwoman until Batwoman decides to introduce Catwoman. Um and to some extent I'm fine with that. I'm not mad at them for doing that. I get why they're doing it. It it was a little, it was a little kind of af, out of left field, um, which was, I don't know. Whenever you get a curveball, it's always a little jarring at first. But after you kind of adjust to it, you know, I, th- I I get it. It makes sense. Yeah, I I didn't have enough exposure to Sue in the comics to really. That's the other thing too. She's beloved by a certain era of comic book readers, but for a lot of us, and you and I, I think are kind of in that same boat. It's like her storyline was kind of done by the time that we got into comics and we more knew of it than we actually experienced it. Right. Like I know, I know more of Sue Dibney and who she is supposed to be and who she was to her, you know, era of time than I do about Sue Dibney. And so I had this idea of who she was and who she's supposed to be. And Sue Dearborn didn't really fit that, but it wasn't, it wasn't such a, such a bad thing for me. I thought it was kind of neat to, to twist it on its head a little bit. Uh, there, there were definitely, I, I think, I, I think going like the Catwoman route was, was kind of meh. I mean, it's just mostly cause there is a Catwoman. That's the biggest thing. I think it was most off putting for me is like, it's like, well, when Arrow did this with like Arrow is basically Batman, it never felt right. And so there is an element of, so Sue is basically Catwoman. Like 
But at the same time, why not just leave it open for there to be a Batman? Why not leave it open for there to be a Catwoman? Like, I'm not saying that these, you know, like, like maybe make them their own characters. Or, you know, if you want to go totally different from the source material, which, by the way, Arrow is nothing like the Green Arrow from the source material. I'm sorry. There's Go back to that season one and it, Arrow in name only, you might as well call him that. So from that standpoint, like, I know that this series and this universe does this. And it is, but, but to me, I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is while I don't really, I, I don't fully go with where you're at right now because I've, I've kind of gotten past that to some extent, I understand what you're saying, but it may be for different reasons because I really do, you know, we, we, we have a cat woman, at least we don't, we don't have one yet on screen, but there's no reason why we can't have a cat woman. So why not just give us a Selena Kyle as opposed to making Sue Dibney or Sue, uh, uh, Dreyfus, no Sue, Sue Dearborn. Why, why, why make her Selena Kyle when we could potentially have a Selena Kyle? I don't know. That's just, that's my whole. Yeah. I mean, it's, there, there are probably better ways they could have introduced the character and given her, uh, more agency and, um, still retain the sweet, lovable Sue vibe without have her, you know, immediately meet Ralph and then betray him. Like I, uh, and we need more humans on the show like that. I was thinking about that too. Like, like so much of our cast is meta powers, right? Like, and even, even Cisco, they depowered him, but then they repowered him. So it's almost like that didn't make any sense when it's all said and done. So, I mean, like everybody's got powers except for Iris and Sue doesn't have to be like, it'd be nice to have more, more characters that are just kind of, you know, representing humanity. Like Iris, that's, that's something that I really like appreciate about Iris is she's, she's us to some extent, right? Like she is surrounded in this fantastic world, as a as a mortal individual and so she's able to kind of be the us in this scenario that i really appreciate um so anyway yeah 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 it yeah i i i i agree yeah i you can cut all that out i I agree with what you said that's all no no i'm leaving it in i'm leaving it all in (laughs) mike leave it all in except for the parts that we said to cut out but leave it all in uh all right there you go well this was uh this is good man great uh, feedback hey we would love to get those feedback in especially love getting itunes reviews in you quarantine at home right now uh you got some free time on your hands that you didn't expect to have fill that time with heading over to itunes and writing us a review it's a great way to help out the show and it doesn't cost you a dime to do it uh by the way we know that uh, funds are tight and honestly, we could not make this show happen without our patrons. So once again, a big shout out to all of our patrons over at patreon.com slash TV talk. Um, we, I, we, we, we can't do this show without you. I, I, hang on. How do I want to, I, I want to make sure that I'm saying this in, in the right kind of way. Like bell, I want to make sure that we are able to uh, produce content over the, the summer. Um, you know, more people are looking for it. And we want to make sure that we're able to provide that for them. So we'll be looking for ways that we can make sure that we're enhancing uh, those of you that are patrons to make sure that you get an even more value out of the experience. Um, and hopefully we're going to be able to have a path to, to bring you some some fun content, especially since we're going to be fewer episodes this season than originally anticipated. More information about that hopefully coming next week, but stay tuned. In the meantime, if you are able to support the show, patreon.com slash TV talk is the place to do it. You can also keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow us on Twitter at Flash TV Talk. Also, our personal accounts, I'm at the real Bo York, and Bell is at Ring That Bell. But if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podastery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y.com. And for the latest news and data, you know what? Yeah, I even hate to promote it out because we're barely on there anymore. I hate Facebook these days, but Facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. Worst send off to fly to Facebook ever. <laughs> uh, and as always, special thanks to Charlie Bach, who provides some uh, music for our podcast. You can listen to the rest of his awesome stuff at SoundCloud.com slash Charlie Bach. All right. We are, of course, a member of the TV Talk Network at TVTalk.fm for the latest and greatest in TV Talk and TVTalk.fm. That's going to do it for us for this week. Really enjoyed it. One of the best episodes this season. Hope that you all enjoyed it as well. Don't worry. We'll be back in a flash.
Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.